Hey, this is Chuck, and you are listening to Fans with Bands, the podcast where we talk to the fans and the bands they dig about life, music, and whatever the hell else we want to talk about. Today on Fans with Bands, we are talking to the Bootstrap Boys. Check it out. Oh, how do you like that? All right. Hey, this is Chuck with Fans with Bands, and I am talking to Jake, Nikki, Johnny, and Jeff of the Bootstrap Boys. How are you guys doing? Hey, doing great. Awesome. Fantastic, man. So I think the the very first time I saw you guys was at uh, Dark Horse. I think it was like a four elf show. I'm trying to remember when that was, but I think the most memorable time I saw you guys was at Ironfish. I think it was the hats and horses. Uh, they're kind of like a derby, their Kentucky Derby thing. And you guys played out in that barn and there's just people all over dancing and having a great time. And I was like, man, this is fucking awesome man and i was you know what i really loved about your band is that it's kind of that old school country um the the country that like my dad used to listen to that i still love as opposed to like new country which i mean you guys could be fans of that i don't know but i really love the old school vibe and uh i was curious like how did what was it about the old school country for each of you that made you want to like play that music and well, the whole, uh, the whole thing started with uh, this concept of uh, me. Um, I really wanted to write an album that was like what I guess my idea of country music was in five songs and call it Country Songs for Sale as an EP. <laughs> and uh, and it, that's, that is what happened, but it just it went way beyond what I initially started it as. And... Uh, <laughs> turned into a lot of uh turned into a lot of new stuff but it started out because i was obsessed with old cowboy songs and so were the rest of us and we were like let's play a few of those tunes and and a couple marty robbins songs later we were like all right let's let's do it more (laughs) (laughs) you know yeah awesome so uh jeff how about you what what got you into the wanting to play country music well, I joined partway through, um, and the reason I stayed was because of Jake's original songs. Uh, awesome. And often tell him that his lyrics are the reason I, I stayed in the Bootstrap Boys when they brought me on to a couple of shows in the UP. And, uh, and yeah, it's really Jake's original music. That's why I'm, why I'm here. Cool. And uh, Nikki, how about you? Um, it's when I joined the band, same reasons as Jake. I was super into the Marty Robbins old school cowboy like harmony songs when we first started. I wanted to do something like that, a project like that, where we could have really simple instruments and complicated harmonies. Nice. And and Johnny, how about you, man? Um, you know, I honestly. I left a band that I was with for 17 years to play with, no offense, Jack, but to play with two of my fucking, excuse me, favorite people um, ever, really. Because Nick, Jake and I all were at a puppet shop together. So did, so did, uh, and Goldie. Yeah, so yeah. Goldie. And awesome. so. And out there, so. <laughs> I really because I really wanted to be on the road more 
and to play play more in general, I guess. And so yeah. now, I don't know. I'm sort of living my dream. Cool. <laughs> That's Thanks. awesome. I've been in the band for maybe a year and four yeah. months. It's his first day. <laughs> <laughs> He's still on the honeymoon with it. <laughs> oh, you have no idea. I, I wake up in the morning and I'm like, I'm at a campsite and there's all this amazing stuff happening around me. Yeah, it's just smell surreal. bacon. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And so I picked up your the latest album, um, Between the Hat and the, and the Boots, uh, which I think is fantastic. Love that album. Um, it again, you know, that, that kind of old school country that I really dig. Um, but I was curious, like, uh, what was the inspiration for covering that Woody Guthrie song? Um, all you fascists are bound to lose. I mean, I didn't even know it was a song. I, I heard like this version of it. I forget even who's or where. And I was like, what? this is a thing. And it's so poignant for our times. Like, we just had to pick it up and run with it. I think I played it on my phone when we were playing in Wisconsin. It's the middle of winter, and there was nobody in you know in the bar we were about to go play in, and I just randomly found it on YouTube. We were like, "Well, I learned that one now." Yeah, so it went directly into the playlist right away, and there was never a second thought. It's also a crowd tester to see if uh, people will leave or not. Like, see who we want to out with every Saturday. A crowd tester. Awesome. I love it. Uh, and there's also a song that, you know, uh, I sang in church. And I'm, I'm wondering, um, Jake, is that, I'm, I'm going to guess, that's a personal story about you being, you know, as a young man singing in church. Um, sure, yeah. 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 How, so, how important um, is that song to you and the rest of the band, um, as far as the foundation? Did you all have that? Because I, I know that there's quite a few people I've talked to that in music, particularly vocalists, that that's where they started. You know, they whether they're singing in a heavy metal band or a country band, a lot of people started in church and they got that. That's where they got their their vocal chops from, and or musicians. So I was just curious, like. Does that was that a foundation for for everyone or just you? I think um, well, I can't speak for everyone, um, I, but I can speak specifically for for my own foundation. Like at the same time as I was singing in church, I grew up in a house that was obsessed. My mother was obsessed with Elvis, and then therefore I was obsessed with Elvis. So at age of five, I was in those slippery socks before church, slipping and sliding on the coffee table, doing my best you know, impression of the king. And then I'm sure I was like the little girl in, uh, in that Christmas movie Prancer where she's like the loudest person singing in church, you know? (laughs) (laughs) That's that's fantastic. Did anybody else have any like church backgrounds as far as like getting inspiration from music? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. I mean, I, I, I sang in church as well. It's the thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, the uh, the the sound you guys have, you know, it's very, um, again, that roots of country Americana music. Um, it seems to transcend geography, right? Because you guys are from 
like mid Michigan, West, West coast of Michigan. Um, what do you, what are your thoughts about that? As far as being a country band where you've got definitely a sound, like you could be down in Tennessee. Um, I mean, I lived for a couple of formative years in Tennessee in 98 and 99, in my early 20s, and hung out down there a lot. And, uh, you know, probably every time I drink around someone with a southern accent, a little bit of that, but I, I do call everyone y'all. <laughs> easy because it's inclusive and yeah, it doesn't, I mean, like it shouldn't offend anyone. Yeah. Do you guys, do, do does anybody in the band have any actual Southern heritage? Do you got family that's from the South? Yeah, I do. I have, I have two uncles that growing up were preachers in Kentucky, and I went down and spent a lot of time with them as a child. Uh, my Uncle John and my Uncle Bob, and both of them were heavily involved in, uh, in the church. And my Uncle Bob, I think, is one of the remaining living members of the Kentucky Mountain Bible Holiness Association, and these really? Christians. Hard. I mean, that's awesome. <laughs> so, uh, I like to try to get into the digging a little bit on the the origin stories for you guys as mu as musicians, like. Um, what got you wanting to play in a band and, and where, where did that, that drive to, to make your own music start? And Nick was actually born with a guitar in hand. Yeah. I was going to say Nick's, I mean, for anybody that's not um, seen you guys, fantastic guitar player. I mean, seriously, dude, fantastic. And that is my intro. I was 10. I was like probably nine when I really, my dad showed me Jimi Hendrix locked myself in my bedroom until I was 20. <laughs> Only. Oh, awesome. It was an absolute obsession. Still got it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Johnny, how about you? Well, I literally went through so many different things. So like you, I was young, but it was like violin and snare drum. And then, uh, what was it? Piano and then guitar, and then back to my Went to college for guitar and vocal stuff. The only person without a mic, just letting you know. But then, you know, like, I just started picking up different instruments and stuff. I don't know. I always wanted, I shouldn't say I always wanted to be in a band. I actually have a background in music theater, which is ridiculous the more I think about it. You didn't know that. I started writing my own music. Uh, actually, one of my, two of my best buds pulled me aside and we started writing music together and they started showing me ropes because when they were 12 years old, they were putting out their own You know, like years later when they asked me, this is how you write the song. Yeah. Cool. I don't know. It, I just, there's nothing like it, and I love it. Awesome. And playing with my best friends is trying to so. That's fantastic. Yeah. And Jeff, how are you? 
Uh, for me, it started with my mom forcing me to take piano lessons. She had an old acoustic guitar that I picked up. I liked that better. Uh, worked a summer job, bought my first guitar, like Nick, locked myself in my room for years. Um, made a band with high, uh, middle school friends. We were in seventh grade. We would go to the band room on our lunch break and play fucking smells like teen spirit over and over again. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I mean, then uh, I made like my first real band collaborating with new friends that I made when I was 17 and just been going ever since. Cool. And Jake. Um, I started off playing pretty early too. Uh, my parents had some type of party going on. I don't remember what but, or what for, but my dad showed me how to play the two chords that were important to Kenny Rogers the Gambler. <laughs> and I said <laughs> over and over again. And then, you know, by the time I was 13, I got my first guitar and that uh, was my own. Because there was always guitars around the house, but I got my first electric guitar, which was yeah. And then I just spent years... Uh, you know, I don't even know what I was doing. It certainly wasn't advancing any skill other than just like noise and and distorted sounds. But, uh, you know, eventually it, it came around and, and uh, the rest is history. Awesome. Very cool. So I know you guys like are constantly like, well, before the pandemic and now after the pandemic, you're able to like get out there and do shows and you, you've got like a, a great circuit of places you play, um, particularly around Michigan. And I was curious, like, do you have a favorite area in Michigan where you like to go and, and do a show? And that doesn't have to be necessarily a place, but. All of the youth, right. This whole part of Michigan, like, and anywhere in the UP, all the way up to Copper Harbor at oh. the farther north farthest north brewery ever it's just a beautiful drive to get up there yeah it uh, brick, uh is it brickside is it brickside or yeah everybody's got six jobs <laughs> <laughs> awesome is that is that the true for all of you i mean that's what you like is the northern uh northern part of the lower and upper up I mean, I love driving through northern Michigan. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, driving to shows anywhere between Manistee and Traverse City, that stretch of, mm -hmm. like, to, to Traverse City parties. Actually, I've just gone ahead and back it right on down to Benton Harbor, all the way up to Traverse City, that whole stretch <laughs> of coastline. Just yeah. everybody who's along that coastline has a different mindset. They're like, Ooh, it's we're on the beach. Fuck it, let's party. You know, right? Yeah, here I have a specific spot I really like. Yeah, I don't remember the name of the city, but it had that slanted door, that brewery, Ishuming, and that disc golf oh. course. Yes. Oh man, that was probably one of the more cooler venues and like beautiful landscape I've seen. So we played at Cognition Brewing in Ishuming. Oh my, my buddy oh, Jay is is it runs that place. Yeah, yep. fantastic. Yeah. Short and older. Yep. 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 
and Chris is the brewer, Chris Thompson. He's a great guy. Um, yeah, fantastic. Oh, yeah. Well, they're yeah, they're almost yeah. yeah and, well, we, and, we all disc golf and we hit that disc golf course there in, uh, I think it's Nobbin Way, the next town over. Oh, yeah. 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 But it's, it's built in that abandoned city around that abandoned mine or closed down mine. So it's like you play through the ruins of structures, really? walk down with yeah. no houses and steps that lead to nowhere and all oh, kinds of i gotta oh. check that out man I, i've not really played much disc golf but that sounds cool as hell yeah that's great <laughs> awesome and um opportunity to officially challenge full cord to a disc golf. that's right the gauntlet has been laid down right now <laughs> challenge. <laughs> and you guys, you guys do end up hitting a lot of breweries. Um, you're breweries playing shorts. Yeah. And um, are you all beer beer drinkers? Beer? Well, yes. not everybody, but most of us. Yeah. And do you have a, a if you had to pick a style that you thought the Bootstrap boys represent. What would that be? Like a style, represent. like a style of beer. Bootstrap. Yeah, yeah. You know, like are, is, is Bootstrap boys a, a pilsner? Is it a stout? Is it a, a porter? Oh, is no. it a, a beer that represented oh. us would be like probably a clean, crisp IPA around seven percent for the dry. Nice. Band. All right, six point eight. Six point eight. What's this one? <laughs> seven point two. Six point six. <laughs> yeah. For how long? Seven years? Eight years? Or that? Yeah, seven. Oh, really? Nice. Nine, ten years. They tell me nine, but it's it's. So uh, we kind of talked a little bit about like how you guys got started in music, but was there a particular person or event that really like sparked? you and and inspired you to be a musician so like you know nick you'd mentioned like hendrix but is there a particular musician and it can be somebody local to you it could have been your uncle but was there a particular person that said that really inspired you and made you think like you know i, I want to do when i was a teenager i met marty stewart and i said to him you know it's my dream to be up there doing what you're doing he said well son do it <laughs> That's awesome. Well, do it. You know, because he's like one, two, six, three. But it's always stuck with me. Awesome. And Marty Stewart, man, he's a player. He is sure. awesome. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, Johnny, how about you, man? Was there somebody? I I didn't realize that I wanted to play music until I was later, like uh, professionally. Mm -hmm. And it was my buddies that taught me how to play music. That was like the launching pad. Cool. And, and Jeff, how about you? Um, well, actually, when I said earlier that my mother forced me to take PLS, I actually enjoyed it. Uh, <laughs> I kind of like the patterns of it. I yeah. think the patterns of it really brought me in. But uh, when I saw my cousin Jared play guitar, I can still think about like what it felt like to first learn how to play a guitar and like how it's new. It's like, it's like watching your favorite movie again for the first time. Yeah. And I actually ended up taking lessons from him. 
oh, later cool. on. Awesome. But he was probably the one that really influenced me to do that. It's cool to have somebody in the family that can, you know, show you the ropes and give you some, yep. give you some info. That's awesome. And uh, Nick. Uh, yeah, my dad gave me my first guitar and showed me how to play Secret Agent Man on two strings. <laughs> and I, you know, quickly surpassed him in his skill, as he always tells me to this day. He says, <laughs> When you played for about two weeks, you got better than me. It was more of an event that made me want to do it for the rest of my life was like plugging into a borrowed Marshall amp at the old intersection in Grand Rapids <laughs> oh. for a battle of the bands when I was like 14 years old. And it, I played a Blink-182 cover. <laughs> and it was over, man. It was like all over. From there on out, that's all I could think about. Awesome. There is something cool about, and when you hear, when you see somebody on stage, uh, when you're uh, at any age, really, but when you're young and you're getting into the music, because I remember seeing, oh, shit, no, blanking on his name. But just this wall of sound, you know, coming off this this guitar and i'm thinking son of a bitch how do you do that how do you how can you be that guy that's fucking you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what you do is you run a couple of stacks in stereo on opposite sides of the stage <laughs> and, you, and there you got it <laughs> so if you could go Anywhere in the world, uh, on any stage, where would you guys like to go? The Ryman Auditorium, hands oh. down. Nice. Red Rocks. Nice. Jeff? Yeah. Or I, SNL? I, I, have, I have no idea. <laughs> I would be some I've never been. <laughs> I don't know. To be honest, the ones that always like get me the most are like the ones you don't expect, the little dive bars where the crowd's just yeah. super rowdy. Like are great. hundred people in the bar. Yeah. I, I, I really don't know what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> maybe someplace weird, like the middle of the woods. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds great, you know? Yeah. We have some cool shows in the middle of the woods. We played a venue up north called the Art Park. Oh, this yeah. This place has six sculptures in a tiny little five-acre area or whatever. What? How many acres it is, I'm not sure, but there are several sculptures in the woods, too. Maybe more than what I said. And then uh, there's a giant stage with all these like bleachers lined up in front of it, like natural seating. Yes. People can bring it up. It's a super cool setting. We love that. It was a great game. I keep on hearing about all these places that play it. And I'm like, <laughs> when are we going to do that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that place is, uh, is it by Boyne? Um, yes. Yeah. Because right. yep. yeah, I went to see uh, Nina and the Buffalo Riders there. And. Right. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was hot as hell. It was like fucking. Space though, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the space was like so that. cool. But like you said, gorgeous. you're in the middle of the woods, and they've got that really cool amphitheater set up there, and it sounded great, and it was it was a lot of fun. But yeah, that's a cool place. <laughs> we were the last people there, and we just plugged in and like turned on the porch light, pitched up uh, chairs, and partied down all night and camped right there in the middle of the arp. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> we own the place. 
that's you know that's how it should be really you know just get out there and play some music <laughs> uh so uh i also like to you know as far as origins because i, I really i don't know I'm, I'm intrigued by musicians and where they came from the the magic of the music and so um what was your first album that you ever bought and it could have been given to as a gift but um first album, so yeah. first album or so tape or cd or whatever it was yeah okay doesn't matter i'll go first weird out with bad hair day oh. <laughs> it really was the first one i ever bought so i own money awesome uh is this singles or it could, it could be <sighs> whatever you forked out and said i i really want to i want to jam this so. saved up your milk money yeah my cousin handed me down a cassette burned version of, like, duplicate version of who knows how many times duplicated the Beastie Boys License to Ill oh. when I was, like, 12. Awesome. <laughs> Every word memorized in no time. <laughs> I knew you were... <laughs> 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 it was years late, you know, but that's what I <laughs> uh, Jeff, how about you, man? Uh, most of the stuff I heard was my I had an older sister, so she passed down albums to me like uh, Cake and Offspring and stuff like that. But the first album I ever purchased with my own money because of parental control was DC Talk. Oh, right. Nice. What was yours, Johnny? So I bought. I was big into singles when I was a kid. Uh -huh. So the first single I ever bought was Aerosmith's uh, "Crying" single because "Living on the Edge" is the B side. <laughs> and I love that song. Uh, but the first full-length album I ever bought was "Bad" by Michael Jackson. Oh, oh wow! Yeah, nice. Yeah, that's a great album, actually. And, um, what was the one with Billy Jean? A bill. Uh, uh, th you got the other one. Thriller. I got the. Yeah, we, we had an argument. It was a thriller. Yeah. So my sister got thriller, I got bad. It was an argument. <laughs> <laughs> I really wanted thriller as well. It was just like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Really <laughs> so, so while we're talking about firsts, how about the first concert you ever went to? So let's start with Johnny. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, I can't remember. I can't remember. Somebody just mentioned her name. Yeah, I can't remember her name. It, um, I'm not saying that I'm proper because I'm embarrassed by it, but I'm kind of embarrassed by it. Who's the Christian uh, artist? Oh, yeah, well, it was Amy Grant. Yeah, it was. Oh, Amy. Amy. All right. Yeah. There you go. If I had to rank my mind, God, I got to think it was the Blackwood Brothers at an auditorium in Big Rapids when I was like. 10 or 12. Really? Wow, crazy. Quartet, the gospel quartet, like the drum. Nice. Uh, Nick, how about you? Mine was the Wallflowers at Grand Valley. Really? And uh, I picked up on my belt loop and thrown in crowd surf. <laughs> I was 14. <laughs> the coolest thing I've ever done. So. <laughs> it is it. Nice. <laughs> I won tickets at the movie theater. Please tell an ice cream story. Oh. Yeah, I was in fifth grade, and I went to see 
What will people say when they find out you're a Jesus freak? Once you're back, too hard to Oh man. Your first which one do you want all right uh what do you want to know what the first what first show you ever saw first show i ever saw was uh was rush moving pictures whoa yeah 1981 at uh i think it was joe lewis i think it was then uh, wow. with um with max uh what was that that canadian band um shoot they played uh uh go for soda that that was their uh might as well go for soda to max something fuck i can't think of it now but yeah that's all right yeah so that was the first concert and first album i bought with my own money was goodbye yellow brick road by elton john oh wow yeah nice good one yeah, yeah. Bravo. I was. Uh, Still think three hours better. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, you're not alone because there's been a couple of people I've talked to that Weird Al was their first. Con- yeah, it was was their first concert and their first album. Yeah, <laughs> and they were even thinking. Of, uh, I think it was the band Edison Hollow. The uh, um, the drummer was saying we should cover that song from you know Weird Al. I'm like, oh shit, you should do it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if they hold up. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Awesome. I should prologue my uh, earlier concert memory with the the truth is the first time that I actually paid for a ticket to go see a concert yeah. would have been like eight years later because I was raised in a super sheltered home where secular music was not encouraged. The first time I actually went to a rock concert that I bought the ticket for was in 1994 when I had like just graduated high school and it was Steve Miller. Oh, awesome. Fantastic. So, so sticking on the concert thing, cause I always like this one too, is like, what's the best concert you ever seen? What was your, the, one that we were like, just Jesus Christ, this is a fucking awesome show. Not gonna lie, Future Islands at the Pyramid Scheme, I felt like he could have just been like, march outside, flip over cars, and everybody would have left <laughs> to go march. That's not like the best show I've ever seen, but the best done show. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. What was the name of the band? At Future Islands. Future Islands. Are they local? What's his name? It was also a rapper. No, they're. They're like a bigger indie. Future Islands. All right. I'm always I'm always trying to pick up new music, so I have to check it out. Yeah, check out Future Islands. Awesome. An album called Singles. Check that out. Right. Every single song where like every single song is a single on the radio show. <laughs> and so they wrote an album based on that. Oh, and cool. Mostly, it's mostly, yeah. Just like Rush, that was a concept. There you go. Uh, Nick, how about you? What was, what was the best concert you've seen so far? Oh. Like the most impactful, I'd say, for me was uh, 
Weezer, Get Up Kids, and uh, Tenacious D in Kalamazoo. And uh, I don't know, I was 16. I just got my driver's license. <laughs> I took my girlfriend to a concert. It was the coolest night of my life. Awesome. Awesome. Tenacious D was an hour late playing. And, uh, <laughs> everybody was still so stoked when they played. <laughs> Bosh it at Weezer, like who does that? <laughs> <laughs> Jacob, how about you? Um, well, you know, I mentioned I met Marty Stewart. And yeah. For his show was Chris Ledoux, and he fucking flat tore that shit down. Oh. I mean, I never <laughs> saw him perform like that. He just came out and was like, and just like there were no techniques. The guitars were out of control. He was cowboyed out to the nines. The whole show was just fucking balls to the fucking wall. I never saw anything like it. And it just like opened my mind to this new idea about what you could get away with and within the realms of country music. You know? <laughs> awesome. Jeff, how about you? Can I do two? Yeah, fuck yeah. I was going to bring up one more. All right. All right. All right. All right, I'll do brief. If, um, <laughs> the first, <laughs> the first one was uh, this band from Texas called Insect Warfare came up to play the the old deck, oh. and uh, it was just insane, like brutal as fuck. People moshing time, and that was my favorite band of all time. Like at that point, uh-huh. so like I was face to face with them getting shoved into them this dude was screaming into my face <laughs> uh so that was awesome uh the other one was um guar at the intersection it's not about guar who was not on the flyer the opening band was a band called uh Insafirum from sweden they're a folk metal band yeah i had no idea they were playing but i've been listening to them, to them for a couple of years prior and was way into it and I heard like the first riff, and I was like, "Wait, the fuck!" <laughs> so I, can, I split through like from all the way in the back, all the way to the front. Like the whole crowd is like, "I'm watching." Like, Hold it. Awesome. No, no, no. Current, current, current. No, They weren't on the bill. Yeah, this is cool. Right. You told me the story. That was. So I saw David Bowie before he died on the reality tour, and like it doesn't get better than that. That dude can just. Oh yeah. On stage, man, he played. He his encore was he came on stage and did five years by himself. Oh my god! Like, yeah, we can swear. Oh yeah, oh yeah, man. (laughs) Yeah. That was insane. Like, fuck you. Like, fuck. Like. I'll never forget, you know, you can yeah. see this, but nobody else can. But like, just like walking <laughs> on this one single spotlight. Yeah. But have the guitar in the front, you whipped it to the front and start playing five years. Come on, yeah. get fucked. That it was incredible. That's that's something I, I regret deeply is never seeing David Bowie because um when I was a kid in high school, um I was I don't know, seventeen and uh, I used to get baked all the time, just like smoke down like no tomorrow and we'd go over to this dude's house and um he was super cool and uh 
would listen to some music and he broke out uh, Aladdin Sane by David Bowie, played that. And I'm like, the fuck is this? I was just like blown away. And then I became obsessed with David Bowie and I started listening to, um, you know, I got uh, Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars and listened to that album. I, you know, today, even today you listen to that album, it's just start to finish, like just fantastic. Um, so. I, I envy you, John, because I never got to see him. I, I don't know what the hell I was thinking. I think Glass Spider, maybe that was the two, the tour you were on. But, um, you know, I, I, I remember seeing that coming around, and I, I was like didn't bite on it. I think I was too heavily into Maiden and Judas Priest at that time. So I was like, ah. <laughs> I would like to say, uh, I, I, I'm, just to drive home the point of how good Chris Ledoux was in concert, I saw <laughs> Nelson in 94 with Asleep at the Wheel as his backing band. Oh, shit. I saw uh, in, I want to say 99, I saw the uh, Rage Against the Machine Battle of Los Angeles tour in Detroit at Auburn Hills with Gangstar and um, at the drive-in as opening bands. That was intense. It was yeah. insane. Me and five friends split a 10 strip, smoked a bunch of hash, and went to this <laughs> show. It was the craziest. But Chris Ledoux on stage, <laughs> whole other animal. Like it was a beast of its own. <laughs> awesome, awesome, awesome. So, um, I'm kind of going to spin right back into into your music. And um, what is the for each of you? What is the uh, the one song that you love to play when you guys are on stage? If you had to pick one song, do you were like, I I really want this in the set, and I want to play this. So. Can I have two? I guess. All right, you can have two. I'm changing the rules, man. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll take them. <laughs> Go for it. Go for it. Okay, Wildcat Mountain is my favorite new song that we're playing because it just like fucking rips, in my opinion. But uh, Strong Dreams for Heavy Hearts was the song. Oh, I love that song. Dude, at the, like, the baseline is so damn grooving. Yeah. It's just like, it, it's weird because it never stops except for those like three notes the boom 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 and like other than that i'm just moving the whole time and i just i it's like i lose myself in that song yeah. every day i dig that i really love that song that's a good song wildcat mountain is gonna be on our new record and it is gonna just it's gonna slay melt face, melt faces <laughs> but it's gonna melt faces damn it. Ripper, man. yeah fantastic right? get you on the dance floor <laughs> uh jeff how about you man uh hmm. i think i'd have to go with the uh, let's roll i think that was off uh what was that off of all those boards now it's um nice um we get past the intro i really dig it <laughs> 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 I just never know. It's always different. It's just them making noise until I start strumming and then the song starts. <laughs> and that's like really... assuming I start on the right timing or whatever. <laughs> it was really fun rest right before the downbeat. It was really bad back. Uh Jake, how about you, man? Uh well. Strong Drinks for Heavy Hearts is one of my favorite songs to perform. I think it's just uh, got that combination of chords that 
kind of tells a story on top of a song that mm-hmm. one of my first forays into just telling a story or trying to tell a story that's, you know, not, uh, it's not like an autobiographical or a, a poetic tender moment or anything like that. It's just a story about these, you know, two different people and then their um, relation is the, you know, I stole a chorus from a Bible verse and said, strong drinks for heavy heart. <laughs> awesome. And Nick? I just had it. Damn. Oh, <laughs> oh I was going to say, uh, some days I feel like I'm born to show you got a new song that's really vibey. It's like a little slower than I. I'm normally like a person that's obsessed with the fast-paced songs, yeah. the fast bluegrass songs. Yep. I like to keep people dancing and stuff. But this one's got like a walking pace vibe that I really love. It's like it really reminds me of like Leon Bridges or uh, you know something like that in yeah. that era, or like a New Orleans oh, slow. Cool. Shuffle to it, and yeah. I love it. So, yeah, beachy song like you played on the beach, and it makes sense. Yeah, got a bop vibe to it. That's like really like a straight beat to it. Yeah, and it's two chords. Oh, really? Awesome. So, um, you know, you guys have mentioned a couple of new songs. So, I know that the last album, you know, between the hats and the boots was like 2019. Is is that in the works now? Or are you thinking of like another album in 2021, 22-ish? We do have six songs recorded currently. And uh, another like seven or eight, um, you know, written. Not that we've all gone through and mastered those other seven or eight. Yep. But there are a few in the works. And I think the concept right now is that we just want to put out um, as many singles as we can from it until oh, cool. we can reach the point that uh, we're ready to put out the full album. Hopefully, you know, later this year, early next year, we'll see. Awesome. Awesome. Do you think you'll... Yeah, lots of singles coming. And and like, I'm thinking, you know, more music videos. Oh, oh, cool. Very cool. I mean, I love the singles, um, but I got to tell you, I'm a vinyl man, and I love the fact that you released that last album on vinyl. So fucking awesome. Well, once this comes together as a collection, I'm sure we'll do the same thing again. Cool. Awesome. That's that's good to hear. That's good. I right. want to show you. Uh... Oh shit! Nice, nice. <laughs> that is fantastic, man. I love it. <laughs> like we do like our records around here. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So, uh, got another question for you guys related to you know playing your shows and stuff. Like, do you have any pre-show rituals? Like something you just have to do. Before every show, every time you get on stage, I gotta like you know, and that and it can't be tuning your guitar or or tuning the drums. So you want me to tell them? I was just like deep secret. I can't tell. <laughs> if it's a trade secret, you can keep it to yourself. But yeah. <laughs> Listening to Travis Tritt talk to a comedian today, Theo uh, Vaughn, on a podcast, and he was saying uh, that they do like college football teams like they stand around each other in a circle and just slap each other's shoulders and go let's go uh, <laughs> guys we gotta try to we're playing at a brewery it's like yeah me too yeah 
Uh, so the answer is no for me so far. We don't have rituals. I'm going to jump in Allison to Rhythm Nation by Dan Jackson. All right. Yes. Every band before us uh, from 25 and <laughs> I uh, I always carry like something sentimental along and like uh, either look at it or set it out or playing or before recording. Nice. Sometimes I'll set out a box of like stones that I like that I've collected or whatever and uh, just have it next to some sentimental things up on the side of the stage as, a, as like a, a shrine. focal point, shrine, grounding thing to remind me, keep me in the here and now. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool, man. Jeff, did you have anything? Uh, I, I really don't. I think before a show, instead of like a, some sort of ritual to focus me, I need to do the exact opposite and unfocus. Uh -huh. Otherwise, I'll think too much about it. <laughs> <laughs> hey. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so, so, guys, I want to thank you so much for being on Fans with Bands. It's been awesome to actually, I mean, I don't think we've actually talked before. I've seen you guys, you know, a couple of times, but haven't actually talked. So it's great to actually meet you and get to talk to you. I've got just one last question. Um, it's super controversial, so hopefully it won't split the band apart. Um, but, you know, uh, it, it just, I'm just going to throw it out there. Pineapple on pizza right. or no pineapple on pizza? Johnny. I'll be the first to say I love pineapple on pizza. Oh, all right. Jeff is is totally into the pineapple. All right. I'm neutral. New I think your favorite pizza topping is the correct pizza topping. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm oh. total balance there. Johnny, what was yours? I said the same thing as Jake. All right. Take a stancy. Yeah. <laughs> I do love pineapple on pizza. For a long time, it was my staple go-to. I get sausage, pineapple, and jalapeno. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was, that was I love that. It's all about Man. Have you ever had mandarin? Have you ever had a mandarin orange on a pizza? No. No. I didn't even think they did that. No. Really? Especially with a spicy jalapeno, with a roasted jalapeno and mandarin. It's Ooh. unbelievable. Wow. So, you know that... Oh, well, that seems weird, but, uh, <laughs> but you know, uh, that's what I've heard because I'm not a pineapple on pizza person, but I've heard it many times that it's the jalapeno and the pineapple that, that sets the stage. So you gotta have that spice in there. Yeah. Ham and pineapple is way too basic. Yeah. yeah it's <laughs> like, what am I at the BC pizza buffet on my lunch break? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you can't do there you go. <laughs> Thanks again, guys. Thank you. Thank you. All right, See you guys. Have a good night. Yeah. Peace. Cheers. Thanks to Jake, Nikki, Johnny, and Jeff for joining me on this episode of Fans with Bands. Get over to the Bootstrap Boys website and get a copy of all of their music. You will be so glad you did. Hit up their website or their Facebook page to see where they are playing next and check them out live. See the show notes for all the details and links. 
These are tough times for everyone in the creative industries such as music. Your support of live streaming, purchasing music, and merchandise is critical. If you can help out your local artists, please do. If you are in the Michigan area, consider following the Playing in the Detroit Area Tonight Facebook page. It is a place for fans and bands to support each other and share our combined love of music. Thank you all so much for listening. Be sure to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast service to get each and every episode of Fans with Bands. Spread the word by rating the show and leaving a comment. We want to hear what you think. You can keep in touch by following us on social media. This is a Life in Michigan production. Until next time, be well and kick out the jams.